I want to, um, we talked about it's, it's the start of, of Christmas. Do you remember being a kid and counting the sleeps till Christmas? Does anyone remember that? Is there anyone who still kind of counts the sleeps until Christmas? Can anyone tell me what that is this morning? It's 27. 27 sleeps. Who knows that the, um, like the anticipation, the excitement uh, of Christmas Day is, is nostalgic to me? It, it's, I also feel the excitement because, come on, Christmas Day is pretty good, isn't it? You, you get presents. What I really love is that we get to give presents. Who knows that the food is amazing on Christmas Day? Uh, I remember as a kid, you were just so excited to, to try your new toys or, uh, you know, play with whatever. While your parents were having a nap on the couch, you'd play with your toys. Uh, you get to spend time with family. Christmas is so good, isn't it? Christmas is just so Good. And I know that as soon as uh, my Christmas tree is up at home, that, that I, I'm expectant for Christmas. I start, there's, there's a lot of anticipation. As soon as the Christmas tree is up, it's like Christmas is on. I get to play Christmas carols in my car. Uh, who, whose Christmas tree is up at home? Yeah, who hasn't put it up? Who's like a firm December one is like when I do it? Okay, there's a few around. All right. All right. <laughs> well, actually, today is the first, first Sunday of Advent. So, you know, you can put it up. It's fine. So it does. Uh, Advent leads us up to Christmas. And here at Rev Church, it's the start, it's the start of a new series. We've looked over the last three weeks about the invite, haven't we? The invite, the invite that actually God invites each and every one of us uh, to his kingdom. That there are no exceptions to the invite. Every single person is invited. We looked again at the second week that the, the invite isn't just for every. It is for everyone, but sometimes, sometimes we need to know that it's also the personal invite. That Jesus actually calls each one of us to follow him. And last week we looked at, we get to tell other people that they're invited. Can I just say how cool it is to see such a room full of people? Because I know that some of you were invited last week or during the week. And again, want to extend that welcome to you. But we are looking at a Christmas series. A surprise, surprise, we're looking at the Christmas story. More specifically, we're, um, we're actually going to have a quick look over the next few weeks at, at different characters in the Christmas story, in the Christmas account. Some of the people who feature, and I believe that we might be able to see and we might hear from God and he might teach us what he is saying through the Christmas story for today, for today. Is that cool? So we're going to look at a scripture and let's, let's get straight into it. We're looking uh, from Luke's account. Uh, Luke 1.26 is where we're going to start. So if you want to read along, it'll be on screens or you might want to open your phone or 
your paper Bible, if you've got one, you might want to write or scribble on it. Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, let me just explain that quickly. Elizabeth Zechariah, Elizabeth becomes pregnant in her old age to a guy that we know is John the Baptist. So God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. We're going to pray and we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit reveals something for us today from this story. God, we thank you, you're good. We thank you for your faithfulness and we thank you for the, the testimony of your faithfulness over many years. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are with us always. But right now we just, uh, we just surrender to you and we just ask, come and have your way. Come and teach us. Uh, we just pray that your words may be heard and that Nath's words may be forgotten. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. If you haven't guessed already, the character in the story that we're looking at is Mary. Where's, is Odie in the room? He, oh, he just left. Oh, this was for Odie. This, the character we're looking at is Mary. But before we dive into, into really exploring Mary a little bit, I just want to give you some really quick context as to where we find ourselves in Scripture, in, in history. Because we know that like Scripture, we're supposed to read it in context. Like it, it doesn't exist by itself. We need to make sure that we know what it's kind of talking about. So it had been 400 years about of silence from God to his people. This is where we find ourselves in the story. Uh, that we have no recordings of prophets who spoke about who God was in those 400 years. That God hadn't kind of continued to reveal for a, a silent period. It's called the intertestamental period, if you want to store that in your brain. But... But it's 400 years, so a lot has actually happened that we don't read about in Scripture in those 400 years. My suggestion to you is, is Google it and you'll kind of find out all the history in between if you want because I'm not going to cover it all. Uh, but my guess is that people had been waiting, that God's people 
had been waiting, some expectant for, for the next time God would speak to them through a prophet. Some were eagerly waiting for the, for the Messiah that had been promised. A Messiah who would restore Israel, free them from like other rule at this time. We're talking the Romans had been in rule for, for something about 60 years. The Romans had been in rule at this time. Um, and they were waiting for this Messiah to, to overthrow the rulers, to bring about peace across the world. The Messiah that they were waiting for was, was a great king. In the line of David, David's blood, a king who could lead them into war probably, defeat all those who tried to kind of come against God's people and, and in so creating peace into the world. So this was the climate that, that we're talking about right now. A people who had been waiting and waiting. My guess is with growing expectation all the time. When is God going to show up? When is he going to reveal his plan? When is the Messiah coming? And Christmas marks the moment where God decides, now is the time to roll out my plan. Does anyone get a bit excited about that idea? Like Christmas is the moment where God reveals, this is my plan. And it's the plan that Israel were kind of expecting in some ways. You see, God's plan is to rescue, restore, and redeem the whole world. Every person on it. A plan to usher in his kingdom, just like the Israelites were expecting and thinking. What they weren't expecting is that God would become flesh and move into our neighborhood. And instead of lightning and thunder and like, uh, uh, you know, bang, a king appears on a war horse ready to kind of defeat everybody else and usher in that kingdom, we see a very different picture, don't we, in the story of Christmas? God decides instead of sending his son with a massive crash and power and might and war. He instead chooses a baby. And this morning we're actually looking, God decides to use a young woman, Mary, to roll out his plan. Can I just, I just want to quickly focus on Mary who she was and who she wasn't. Is that okay? There's, there's not actually heaps uh, of information about who Mary was before we read about her in Scripture. Um, but can I tell you that Mary was young. She was probably about 14, thereabouts, 14. That's young, isn't it? A young girl. She was from Nazareth. Can I tell you that Nazareth was a town that no one ever thought about. Nothing significant. Nothing significant has ever come from Nazareth. She was engaged to Joseph, we hear in Scripture, that, that she was in line to be ready to be married to Joseph. 
Scripture says she was favoured or, or she was chosen by God. So these are some of the things that she was. We know through the story of Mary that she was brave, don't we? A brave girl. Where she could have disappeared. She could have chosen not to carry out God's plan. But instead, she was obedient. She was obedient and brave. Can I tell you some of the things that Mary was not this morning? And you might be pretty familiar with these things that Mary was not. Mary was not noble. Mary was not of royal blood. Mary was a peasant, a a commoner, an average, ordinary young girl. We know through story and and circumstances that Mary was not wealthy or well-resourced. She didn't have stacks of resources at her disposal. We also can kind of ascertain through the story that Mary was not super talented in anything. It, the Bible doesn't point out, well, Mary was so good at this that God chose Mary. That, that, it doesn't say that at all. She was not super talented. Mary was not super influential. She wasn't somebody of note. She didn't have like a, a high standing in her community that, that meant that she had great influence. Do you know that Mary was not a priest or a minister? She was not also planning to have a child before she was married. I thought, we better know that. She wasn't planning on that. And the last thing that Mary was not was she was not qualified. If we're looking at the the coming of the Messiah, like the king who's going to come, take over, noble blood like, like of the line of David, Mary was not the one qualified to do that. We find out through genealogies, and actually Luke says it as well, the reason why she follows the David line is actually through Joseph. But Mary herself wasn't actually part of a royal line. Yet, with all of those things that Mary was not, God chooses... Her to birth his plan of redemption and restoration for the world. With all the things that she's not, God still chooses her to plan, to birth the plan. Who knows that's not something you'd expect, right? Now, some of us are very, very familiar with the Christmas story and, and we know it. And maybe sometimes we, we, we lose some of the awe because we, it's so familiar. But there's two things I want you to remember this morning. Just two more things. And the first is this, and this applies to every single person in the room. Can I tell you that God always uses people to carry out his plan? God always uses people to carry out his plan. When I think about like the coming of Jesus, uh, I have this picture of Superman in my head. Just bear with me for two seconds. Who knows, like, Superman comes to Earth in, like, a ship thing. and Like, like God could have just done that. He could have just sent Jesus down to Earth in a vehicle. I don't know. And that could have been it. But instead, he chooses to use 
a person. Can I tell you that throughout the course of history, the Bible and beyond, God has always chosen to use us to carry out his plan and his mission. And why that is good news for me is that quite often he uses the unqualified, the peasant, the people who have more nots than haves, right? I know that we have um, some people in the room who are maybe here at church for the first time. Uh, Can I just clarify to you again what God's mission and plan is? Is that okay? I think it's helpful for all of us. Because I know that sometimes the church may have had mixed messages about what God's plan is. Can I tell you that God's plan and his mission is to see his kingdom come to our world, to our country, to our city, to our neighbourhood, to our house. And with God's kingdom comes restoration. comes redemption and comes renewal. God is making everything new again. God's mission on earth is to renew everything. And like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, this kingdom, every single person is invited to be a part of God's kingdom. All are invited, no exceptions. How many times have you heard me say that over the last few years? There are no exceptions. I think sometimes we we try and put people in different categories as if they're people who can be invited into God's kingdom. But let me tell you that there are no exceptions to that. And just like God used Mary in the Christmas story, I believe that he can use us too to carry out this plan of redemption for the whole world. It's important for us to know when I say that God can use you to carry out his plan, that I'm not talking about the you in a couple of years time when you've got everything figured out. I'm not talking about the you in a couple of years' time when, you know, like I've sorted that thing out in my life or I've learnt more. I'm talking about the you that turned up here this morning, that God can use you to carry out his plan for his kingdom to, to rule on earth. Like with the invite, can I tell you there are no exceptions to that? Do we believe God's big enough and good enough to do that? Rev Church, this morning, can I tell you that God's plan for the church isn't to only use the pastor or minister or officer to carry out the mission. I want to tell you that he calls all of us to carry out his mission. All of us. God's plan isn't that... uh, isn't that we change the world one new program at a time, right? That's not how God works. It's not like he's like, I've got this plan and I'm going to develop a program 
And people will come to the program and that's how we'll do it. That, that's not God's plan for the world, right? God chooses Mary. And, the, and he equips Mary for that task. Can I tell you the same is for our church? I'm so excited for what God is doing. Who knows that God builds the church? And who knows God is building this church? <laughs> I love it. It's so exciting. But as we head into next year, as we head even to the end of this year, this isn't going to be a church where we want to just run centralised programs and that's how the church, God's going to build his kingdom. Because I, I don't think that's how it works. He will use each of us in whatever situation we find to usher in his kingdom. The way we see renewal is going to be in our schools. It's going to be in our workplaces. It's going to be in our, in our homes, in our families. It's going to be in the local park. It's going to be in the local coffee shop. We're going to meet together and party for sure. Oh, every week, I promise. But during the week is where we carry out God's mission, right? Cool. I believe in the same way God birthed his plan through Mary, which changed our world. Can I tell you that I believe this morning God can birth that plan in you too. That God can do the same thing through us. So the second question that I have for us this morning is what is God birthing in you? What is God birthing in you? As we reflect on Mary, as we reflect on God's seriously crazy plan to usher in his kingdom. I wonder what God is stirring in your heart right now. We're going to spend um, just a couple of minutes and I might, might get Dan, if he's around, to, to jump on and just play for me. But we're going to spend some time listening to the Holy Spirit. What is he birthing in you? And the other question is, will you be obedient when you hear what he asks? Now, some of you might be like, Nathan, you don't know where I'm sitting at the moment. You don't know where I am on my faith journey. I'm just sussing things out. I came because there's a free lunch. Come on, Nathan, hurry up. Stop talking. I want to eat lamb euros. Can I suggest a bit of a step of faith this morning? Can I suggest that you just for a second earnestly listen? See if you can hear the voice of God in your life. Because I'm telling you, when we create a space where we earnestly listen for God's voice, there's very rarely a time where the Holy Spirit doesn't talk. I believe this morning, I believe that if you earnestly listen, that God will invite you to join His mission. That excites me. That God will invite us to join His mission. 
I think sometimes we, um, we might do as a response, who wants to follow Jesus? And I love that. And we'll continue to keep asking that. How exciting this morning if all we did was just say, God, I'm listening. And God invited you to join His mission this morning. Maybe God might lay a place on your heart this morning. Maybe He might lay some people on your heart this morning. Are we open to see what God's going to do though? I'm going to pray and then we're just, we're just going to sit. I'm just going to invite you to be still. Listen. God, we thank you that you're here with us, that you, you are always with us. We thank you that you're a God who invites us to be part of your plan. We thank you that we don't need qualifications. We don't need a position in society. We don't need uh, money or wealth or education, but you use those who are willing to sit and listen and be obedient. Holy Spirit, in these moments, we ask that you speak that you prompt, that you usher. We pray for particular places, for people, that you just quicken to our minds, that we can't stop thinking about it, that you invite us into your mission to see our world transformed, renewed, restored, redeemed. Holy Spirit, come and do that in these moments right now. We pray for renewal in our neighbourhood. Thank you, God, for the, the dreams, the visions that, that you're pouring out right now. Thank you that you have placed us where we are. We pray right now for the city of Adelaide.
And God, we need you to restore this city. God, we ask that you might heal those who are broken, who are brokenhearted. God, we ask for transformation in our city. We ask, God, that those who are left out and lonely may find belonging and community in your family. God, we ask those who are struggling with with drug dependency, that they may find freedom. God, we pray those who are sick may be healed. God, we ask that our city be a place of hope and joy. And we ask that your kingdom come to our neighbourhoods. God, thank you that you use us to do that. So we ask, Holy Spirit, that you equip us for that task. Help us to be obedient to your promptings, callings. We pray that we will see a transformed city in your name, Jesus. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Christmas is exciting. This is just the start. Can I suggest if there's anything like God was prompting you with, keep praying, keep searching, keep asking. Maybe have a conversation about it at lunch. I love sharing those things in community. Next week, we're looking at Joseph next week. Joseph, he's, he's underrated in the Christmas story for sure. But we're looking at Joseph. But right now, uh, thank you for being with us this morning.